welcome to the weekly podcast of Covenant Grace Menifee. Each week, we gather to better understand the teachings of the Bible and how to live them out in our daily lives. We hope and pray that you're encouraged by this week's message. Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. So here at Covenant Grace, we tend to not really celebrate cultural holidays like Mother's Day, Father's Day, or Valentine's Day. So don't think, fathers, that we're just neglecting you like usual. Now, but as I was thinking about this message, you know, every Lord's Day, every Sunday, God is preparing for His people a feast, something that we need, like ointment to our flesh that we need, that's going to be healing to us. And... It's, it's really cool to see as being a part of the teaching team, we plan these things, you know, months in advance, but it's so amazing and it causes us to praise him as we get to each Sunday when we see what God was doing through our planning. And it's so cool to see God plan each and every Sunday perfectly for his people that are here. Amen. And I hope you guys feel that. Like when you're here, God is doing something that we can't always see. And we're going to learn about that today through the Word of God. It pierces to us. It cuts deep. And it, it exposes us. And so sometimes when you're hearing the Word of God and sitting under the Word of God, it seems as if the preacher was with you throughout the week. But no, it's the Spirit working through the plans of man to heal and bless His people. And so, as I was thinking about Father's Day today, this passage is the perfect message for Father's Day. And I think we'll get into it later as we go. But again, it's not geared specifically towards fathers, but to sit underneath the Word and to hear the message from our Father and how He's giving us His Word for this purpose is a great message on Father's Day because it's His message to us, to His kids. Amen? So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into the message. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, we know that your word is powerful. We know that you spoke and the stars came out of your mouth. We know that you spoke and things sprouted out of the ground. Lord Jesus, we saw you speak in scripture and Lazarus came out of the tomb. And we heard you speak in our own testimonies, and our dead hearts came alive. We ask, through your Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Give us life. Expose us. Make us fall on our faces dead, confessing that God is really here because we get to read your word It is your word that's living and active. 
It is not some history book that has no power, but it's your very words that you personalize to us. And you've been personalizing it and using it for centuries and centuries to bless your people and to keep them as they wander. Thank you for your care for us. Thank you for blessing us. I just ask, Holy Spirit, fill me, fill us. Give us eyes to see your word. Give us ears to hear your word. Give us hearts to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Our hearts are always trying to trust in something. They're always trying to grab onto something. I ask, Lord, that today as we hear your word and as we have heard your word, that you would help our hearts to cling to you today. And that us who are fathers would help guide our families to cling to you. Please be with us. We know you are. Holy Spirit, fill us. Be the helper that you're called to be. We know that you will. Help us this morning. Praise things in your name. Amen. So the book of Hebrews was written to Christians who are in trials. And it's to encourage them to make it through the trials, to get to this rest. If you remember Eric's message last week, the book of Hebrews is they're looking back at the Israelites and the example that the Israelites had. They're wandering through the wilderness for 40 days, or 40 years, 40 days doesn't sound that bad, 40 years, and they didn't enter into the rest because of their disobedience, because when they heard the word of God, they disobeyed and hardened their hearts. And so the book of Hebrews is written to them to encourage the people, to encourage the believers to not harden their hearts like the day of rebellion, like the people did in the Old Testament, but to soften their hearts, to sit underneath the word and to believe the word. And so how do we enter this rest? Is by listening to the word of God and believing it. Amen? And so that's what the Israelites did not do in that time as they disobeyed and they hardened their hearts. So the book of Hebrews is here to call us back, to soften our hearts, to sit underneath the word and to turn to Jesus, to believe in his word. And I was thinking about this, like if somebody came up to you and said, what do we need to live? What would you answer? If you're a secular person or even probably some Christians off the top, we would probably say, we need food, water, sleep, you know, maybe some exercise. But what's interesting is something else how God has made us is we actually need instruction. And so if you see when God created man, you know, the first man, what did he do? He placed him in the garden. And then what did he do? He told him something. He told him what to do. He said, hey, here, I'll place you in the garden. Now keep it. Now I'm going to give you a wife. Now have kids and cultivate. And humans were the only ones that we see that were given audible instruction from God, that they needed instruction. Like if we were to say as Christians, we need the Word of God, we might think it was because we're sinners. And that is true, right? Because we have sinned, we need the Word of God. But we needed the Word of God even before man ever sinned. Isn't that cool? So God made us needy for instruction. Be fruitful, multiply, cultivate, take care. And he says, don't eat of the tree. 
And then what happens? It's when Adam listens to another instruction. It's when Adam listens to another voice when he falls. And so us, just like the Israelites, as we're going through this life, this place is not our own. This place is not our home. God, yes, is going to redeem it and take it over and I think, you know, renew it and give us a new heavens and new earth. But this current place is not our home. And so as we're going through this wilderness, what do we need to live? We need, yes, sleep, food, water, but we need the Word of God to actually get us through. And if we live a life without the Word of God, we will get death. We won't enter into that rest. We need, He's made us needy for, for His Word. Amen? And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at three attributes of Scripture that the, this verse gives us. And it's interesting, at face value, like right when you start to look at it, if you're familiar with Hebrews and, and remember even last week's passage and know what's coming next, this passage seems kind of out of place. I don't know if you guys felt that, but for me, when I kept coming to it, it felt out of place. It's just like, enter the rest, don't disobey, don't disobey, and then it talks about the Word of God real quick, and then it talks about Jesus being our high priest. But as we realize what He's doing here, it's going to be a comfort to us. He's showing us how to, again, live through this wilderness, how to live through this life, and how to actually enter into that rest, how to keep our hearts soft towards God where we're trusting Him, and it's by sitting underneath this Word. And the three things we're going to look at today is the Word of God is personal, the Word of God is powerful, and the Word of God is piercing. So if you take notes, point number one is the Word of God is personal. Point number two is the Word of God is powerful. And point number three, the Word of God is piercing. And so let's look at verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So let's look at the first one. The Word of God is personal. And where do I see that? With the first attribute, the Word of God is living. And this could also be the Word of God is life-giving. But there's something different about the Word of God that this this section of Scripture gives us. This section of Scripture says that this Word of God is living. And it's not that this, this Bible, you know, the binding or the papers, you know, this is lambskin. It's a pretty nice Bible. I love this thing. You know, it smells good. Well, it kind of smells like my hands now, but everything about it is really nice, but that's not what's special. Like what we have on our phones, you know, some Traditional people might go, oh, I don't like how they're reading off screens, but that's still the Word of God. It's not the binding that makes it special. What's crazy, it's this Word written as it's spoken and read is the very words of God, and it's living. And if you ask any other Christian their testimony, what's really cool, this Word of God is personal. So when you ask somebody their testimony, there will be specific verses geared towards them that God used to waken them up, 
Isn't that cool? It's so amazing because it's God, the creator of the universe, who knows you, who loves you, who cares for you. And when he meets you, he goes, oh, this part that I wrote down, watch, this is for them. I'm going to give it to them. And this is what's going to wake them up. This is what's going to get them to see me for who I am. This is what's going to get them to trust in me. And it's personal. It's so cool. Like this scripture isn't just a history book. This scripture is the only history book that actually changes lives. This scripture is the only history that actually makes you meet somebody. Because like we tend to come to scripture as we meet with secular people, and we try to always prove it as being reliable to help them trust the Bible, which is good. I, I'm all for that. I think there's a lot of proofs that the Bible is reliable and proven. But one of the biggest arguments is our personal testimony, how we've interacted with this scripture, how God has spoken to us, isn't it? And I think we get scared of saying that to people, but I think as we say it, it's going to give us more confidence to share the word with them because it's living and active. It's personal. And so when you share the scriptures with people, know that that God who woke you up will and can do the same to them. So let us confidently share this word knowing that if God wants them, he will personally use that word, his word, to actually speak to them. Man, my alarm. Oh, no. Thetollroads.com. We got to pay that, Lydia. I thought that was for Monday. Oh, that was supposed to be for Monday. Sorry, guys. Dang, 10-15. We rode a toll road yesterday. Dang. Don't you hate when that gets you? You're like, no, it's too late. Yeah, so sorry. All right, let's focus. All right. Yeah, we do have to pay that. Hopefully, remind me, Lydia, to put that back on for tomorrow. All right. Because I've been to collections because of toll roads before, so it hurts. <laughs> All right, let's focus. All right, Heavenly Father, help us. <laughs> Get back on track. Amen. <laughs> That's a real hard transition, sorry. <laughs> but the Word of God is living, and it's just so cool. As you talk to people and interact with people, we should just have so much more confidence that the Word of God is not our Word. It's not something we have to defend. It's actually God's Word, and He uses us. He uses this Bible to speak to people, to meet with people. It's so amazing, isn't it? And so let us go with confidence. This Word is living. It's personal. So how do we get through this wilderness? How do we get to the rest? It's by interacting with this personal Word every day. And this might sound in our culture, I'm talking about personal Bible reading. I think that's a very big thing, but that's a new thing for history. You know, not everybody had this where they wake up in the morning, get their coffee, and read the scriptures. Not everybody has had that. But what they had is preachers. What they had were friends. What they had was memory. As we go throughout our lives, yes, personal Bible reading is important. But you know what's more important is that each day we encourage each other and exhort one another every day to keep trusting in the Lord, 
to keep believing in His promises because that's the only way that our hearts will be softened. As we turn away from community and turn away and isolate ourselves from hearing the Word of God from friends is when our hearts actually grow hard. Amen? And so how do we enter into that rest? What keeps our hearts soft? It's by sitting underneath this personal Word of God, both in our personal reading and our friend gatherings. We need to preach the Word to our friends like the way that the Father would. We need to sit underneath the preaching of the Word every Sunday. We need to personally have a relationship with the Father and we'll see and meet Him as we sit underneath this scripture. Amen? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. It's actually the biggest proof that we have that this is the actual Word of God because we've experienced it. Let's not be ashamed of that. Point number two, the Word of God is powerful. So look at verse 12 again. For the Word of God is living and active. That word in the Greek is where we get our word energy. So it's interesting. It could be for the Word of God is living and energy, or for the Word of God is living and energetic. But what it means is the Word of God is doing something. You know, it's not just living and dormant. It's actually living and doing something. And so just like we said how the Word of God personally interacts with us, well, the Word of God is the only Word that can bring us to life. Don't you know it? Haven't you experienced it? Like, I've seen me quote Scripture, other people quote Scripture, and people be healed. I've seen people quote Scripture, and demonic influences seem to leave. I've seen the Word of God change hearts. I've seen the Word of God do things because this Word of God is powerful. It's active. It's energy. It's a force because it comes from the Creator, the Almighty God who we serve. Amen? And so this Word is powerful. You know, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, For the Word of God is breathed out by God, profitable. Let's look at it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So let me read it again. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Isn't that amazing? So this Word of God is able to sustain us. This Word of God is able to give us everything we need for life and godliness. As we go through this wilderness, as we go through this life, how do we enter in and know how to live this life as sojourners, as travelers on this land? Is by sitting underneath the Word of God, God personalizing it, being personal with us, speaking to us, and then also by doing something to us through this, by equipping us, strengthening us, and giving us everything we need for life and godliness. Amen? It gives us everything we need. And then the last thing, the Word of God is piercing. So look at verse 12 again. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So this word of God is the sharpest tool that can cut through the hardest thing in all of creation. In all of fallen creation, the hardest thing is the human heart, that the Word of God can pierce through not only physical things, but it can actually pierce through soul and spirit and heart. Isn't that amazing? Why are we ashamed of using it? Why are we scared to use it in our culture, in our work? Let us not be ashamed of this. This Word of God will speak to people, will not return void, will do what it promises it will speak to people, it is powerful to do it, and then it also can pierce through. It's the only thing that can pierce through the hardness of a dead heart. Amen? And it's crazy. It's the only thing that could do that, yet we're so scared of using it. We try to use so many other means of being just nice or giving something to somebody. We cannot preach the gospel. We cannot use this sword if we do not tell them the very words of God. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors of God. And He calls us, use my word. Use my word. This is the only thing that will work. You know why? Because it's the sharpest tool that can be used against the enemy, against for friends, for yourself, for life, for your kids. It is the only thing sharp enough to penetrate every sort of material. Isn't that amazing? Let us be confident in this. Do we really believe that this, these words in here are the actual words of God? I do. Yes, we do. Let us live like that. Let us have confidence as we do that. And let us see it cut through all sorts of material. Let, it, let us see it cut through all sorts of hearts that will save people and cause new life in them. Amen? When I first got saved, it's been cool to see God strengthen me, but I get temptations, and I had temptation in this regard early on where I just was always striving to get to this rest on my own. You know, I thought God saved me because, you know, oh, I'm pretty good at this stuff, this, you know, He can use me here, here. You know, I'd read passages, and like, seriously, first saved, all right, don't judge me. I'm, I read passages like 1 Corinthians where it's like, God uses the foolish things to shame the wise. And I'm like, oh, that's not me. He picked me for a different purpose then. You know, like just so cocky because just going like, no, oh, he uses the weak to shame us. No, I'm pretty strong. I'm pretty squirmy, all right? I can, you know, I'm like these cocky thoughts. But then when I would sin because I would fall, you know, if he who, you know, says he has no sin, is a liar, and the truth of God is not in him. I would sin again, and then what would happen? As I was looking to myself, I would see a scripture like this and go, oh man, he sees who I really am. I'm not good enough. And I would see this passage of the Word of God piercing and dividing and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and no creature is hidden from his sight. I would see it, and I would get scared going, Man, this is a scary passage that's telling me I'm not saved. 
This is a scary passage that's showing me that God sees me for who I am, and I'm not good enough. But it's cool to see as I've been sitting under the Word, hearing people preach, hearing friends comfort me with the gospel, sitting under, reading Scripture, interacting with God, I realize that this passage is so comforting because it's not only to the non-believer, yes, this should be scary that God sees all their deeds, but to the believer, we should hear it as God going, calling us back. Hey, here's the word of God, and it exposes you, and it calls you back. Here's the word of God, and he calls you back as a good father would do. He doesn't leave you alone, but he exposes you to help you, to show you what you need. Just like when you have an illness or some surgery that you need, you want a good surgeon. So you ask friends, you look up things, and you research a doctor. You don't care about their process. You don't care about what tools they're using. You are looking for that person, that character. And that's what's cool about our father is I didn't understand his character well when I first was saved. And I think a lot of Christians don't understand his character well. So they see a scripture like this and go, oh man, he's just judging me. I'm not good enough. But no, what he's doing is going, calling you back. He's using these tools to cut away, to expose you, to say, yes, you do need me. And just like when you use a, a shell and you can hear the ocean, when you put your ear to this word of God, you hear your father calling you back. Just as you put your ear to this Bible, you hear your Father calling you back each and every day saying, come back to me. Yes, you need me. And He doesn't expose you to say, ha, got you. Ha, you're not good enough. No, He exposes you to go, now let me get that out. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. And what's crazy is we're not in the old covenant where we're making these sacrifices. No, we have a high priest who has entered into that rest. He made the sacrifice for us. And all he does is says, listen to me, trust in me, and I will get you there. Keep your heart soft. Listen to the words of my father. Keep your heart soft. And when you have time of need, when that word of God pricks you and cuts you and exposes you, what should you do? This passage, outside of its context, can be very scary. But in its context, it's the people who are in the wilderness wandering around who need encouragement to keep trusting and looking to God. And he's saying the Word of God is that tool that you need each and every day to soften your heart, to keep trusting in your high priest who is Jesus. Since then, verse 14, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Has the word of God cut you? Come to Jesus. Do you have a need? Come to Jesus. He has been tempted in the same way. 
There's some of you here who God's word has been calling you to do something, has maybe cut you deep, and you need to do something. Come to Jesus. Don't be scared that it exposed you. Be thankful that he exposed you because it's a good father calling you back to be restored, to be forgiven. Jesus accomplished everything. He is our high priest. On the cross, he paid for all of our sin. On the cross, he wipes it clean. The foolishness of me, the foolishness of my heart, the wickedness that I did in my childhood that still sometimes haunts me was on the cross punished on our high priest, Jesus, who tore the veil and gives us access to the Father. So when this word of God cuts us who are trusting in Christ, let us not be scared. Let us not run like Adam and Eve and clothe ourselves. Let us run naked and exposed to the only one who can clothe us with his righteousness, who can forgive us, who can actually make us and cleanse us from all the things that we're so guilty of and ashamed of. Amen? We all have those things that we're ashamed of. He is the only one that can clothe us properly. And he's done it through the work of his son. On the cross, he pays the penalty for our sin. So has this word of God been personal to you? Has this word of God been powerful to you? Has this word of God pierced you? Come to Jesus. Since then, I'll read it one more time. And again, Eric's going to preach on this next week. But since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And as a way of encouragement and practical living, dads, what is the best gift that you can give your family and even your coworkers is by being a man that relies on the Word of God each and every day. If you had strangers in your house, think of this, if you had strangers in your house and then somebody comes up to that stranger and says, hey, what does Gabriel live off? Like, what does he need to live? Sleep, food, eat. What they say, well, he also needs this person. There's this person he talks to. This person he relies on each and every day. He just goes to, his name's Jesus. He goes to this book and he says he meets somebody. Would the stranger say there's something other than sleep, eating, and rest that you need? Would there be this Bible on your shelf that you read and need every single day? Would the stranger say he talks to his kids and his wives and his friends and his coworkers about this person each and every day that he needs? Let us as fathers, as even brothers, as sisters, whoever you are, how do we enter into that rest? It's by striving to keep our hearts soft, sitting underneath the Word of God, relying on the Word of God, being in community so that the community can help us not grow hard and trusting in the Lord Jesus.
So I just encourage you, fathers, give your kids, your family, and even husbands, brothers, let us men give our church and our community the best gift ever by being an example of relying on this Word of God, needing this Word of God as we go through this wilderness, and giving other people the gift of that same thing, showing them how much they need it. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I was a, I was so lost as a kid, and it wasn't until you opened my eyes that I, I realized how good you were, how much I needed you. Apart from you, I could do nothing, and apart from you, I can do nothing. Yet I was so blind, I was so prideful, thinking I could, I could be the captain of my own ship. And I went after all these sorts of things. Yet you called me to yourself. You caused me to be born again to a living hope. You changed my mind. You opened my heart to trust and understand this gospel, this, this good news that comes from your son. And man, you've been so good to always call me back each and every day, each and every day, exposing me exposing my need for you. And at first, I didn't understand your character. I thought you were always exposing me to catch me. I was foolish. You were exposing me to embrace me. You were exposing me to cleanse me. You were exposing me to love me and to give me what I need. I needed you. I needed to meet with you. And Lord, I'm so thankful for being so kind to me. I just ask that you would give us all that gift to see you for who you are. Cut us deep. And please let us hear your words as a father as we put our ears to your scripture. And let us come to you, Lord Jesus, in time of need. Let us approach your throne knowing that we have access to it because of your blood that covers us, that washes us clean. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so so good to us, always helping us, always speaking to us, always bringing up Scripture when we need it, even though sometimes we neglect it. Thank you for being our messenger. Thank you for bringing us Scripture. This week, I ask that you would keep us. This week, I ask that you would remind us of Scriptures that we need. I ask that you would even now remind us of Scriptures that we need to um, trust you in. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love toward us. We thank you for giving us everything that we need for life and godliness. Equip us. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can email us at info at May the Lord bless your week and guide your steps.